Hey, uh, Adam, you want to hear some crazy testimonials from people who've been doing our program? Dude, I've had some people hit me up, too. What like, are these, are, these are fucking mind-blowing testimonials. Yeah, okay. I've heard all kinds of different stuff, so I'm curious to what you're getting. I so, know. so check this out. This is from John Smith of Orlando, Florida, okay? This is what he says. Uh, before I started your program, um, I suffered from premature ejaculation. Uh, do you know what that is? Yeah. By the way? Yes, I do. That's when you come too fast. Yes, I right? know. He says, after two weeks on the program, this is crazy. After two weeks on the program, I made love to my wife for four hours and gave her 13 orgasms. <laughs> 13? But 13 orgasms. I'm not done. And then I banged my girlfriend afterwards for another hour and a half. This guy is just loving the program. He's cr- it's crazy how effective it is. Well, I I have nine, 19-year-old Timothy from New Jersey who is actually on the swim team, high school swim team, and was telling me that he was able to hold his breath for anywhere between a minute 45 to 2.30 before he started our That's program. That's impressive. That's impressive. Now he's up to 2.45 to three minutes each time he holds his breath. So it's so uh, to two, two hours and 45 minutes? No, two minutes, bro. Two minutes and 45 minutes? You would die minutes. if you held your breath for that long. Oh, That's okay. still impressive, though, to go right. from that. I also have this 63-year-old. So this is the first like elder woman that I've actually oh, had okay. in- inbox me. She inboxes me. She's from South Carolina. She was actually completing between two to three crossword puzzles per day day she's up to four crosswords per day now what yes this program is crazy hey, hey guys guys what, what? you're just making this crap but, up doug doug i need you to stop interrupting me i gotta read another testimony <laughs> so so check this this one right here is gonna blow you away right all right so sean from wisconsin uh he sent us a picture by the way which i'll, I'll send you sean from wisconsin so check this out this is what he says he says hey hey sal adam and justin i i love your show uh i'm gonna fast forward blah 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 um, before starting the MAPS program, my left testicle measured two centimeters in diameter and my right was two and a half centimeters. They actually doubled in diameter. He has now four centimeter sized testicles. And his question is, how does he slow down the growth of his balls? So, uh, basically just stop doing the program, but it blows me away at the, at the results people are getting from this program. You are getting all these crazy sexual ones. I get all these people that it seems like the program is increasing their intelligence. I have Roxanne over, over here. From Louisiana, Roxanne actually, when she was first doing our program, because she's 27 years old, it says here that she was at a sixth grade reading level when she first started doing the program. Now that she's been doing it for the last three months, she's up to a ninth grade reading level. So she went up to guys, three guys. Guys, I mean, Doug, nobody's so, gonna buy into this. No, crap. You're, you're you're just keep interrupting us <laughs> when we're reading these testimonials. I don't think the the members will. Let me just write. I'll read two more. All right, Doug. All right, just what two more. Here. Happy. We just got a couple more. So uh, <clears throat> so Suzanne um, from New York. This is actually a, a pretty cool one. So she uh, she she lives in a, a part of New York. I'm gonna kind of give you the synopsis because it's a long one. She lives in a part of New York. It's kind of dangerous. She gets scared at night. Right. Anyway. This is what she says. I was walking home alone after a late movie. It was midnight, and I was approached by four Crips and seven Bloods. So I don't know if you you know you know those familiar with those gangs. gangs. Yes, okay. And which is strange considering they're California gangs and they're in New York. But I'm not going to question it. Um, so these Crips and Bloods came up to me and they assaulted me. And uh, I want you guys to know, I defeated all my opponents. <laughs> That's fucking. I mean, we saved her life with the program. 
which that, is which is crazy. I think, I think we're breaking some laws here. What uh, we law? don't, you're right, Doug. You're absolutely right. listen. We don't condone fighting Crips and Bloods, even though you might be able to defeat them all. <laughs> That's right. By following the That's Maps right. Anabolic Program and, and we the Nutrition don't, Survival, and guide. we don't make any outlandish claims that it will in, in, increase your ability to hold your breath or read at a higher education level. That just how it happens to be some byproducts that we're happening to get from some of these people. It's, I, it's okay. Crazy. This is all hearsay. Okay, I'll just put it out as that. All right, hearsay. <laughs> so you may or may not have the same result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The- <laughs> Why are you gonna be a hater, Doug? I'm not a hater. I just don't like lawsuits. Well, right. th- it's not us. These people are telling us all okay, these spectacular I- results. <laughs> you know, we can sit here and read all the people that have lost weight and gained muscle. But we're gonna read the ones that stand. Listen, yeah, I want to hear about the other stuff those sad effects that are happening. What about the one we read from John? Oh, the one yeah. that we read yesterday. So Great. check this John out. John Who. Great. So this is crazy now. Check this out. John Who. Okay. I-, I forgot. His la- no, that is his last name. Who? John Who. Oh, I, thought I think it was he's Wu. no Who. He I think he's Asian. So okay. So here's a crazy part, right? So John writes now. He's a he's a 17 year old kid, and uh, he writes here. I've been an ectomorph my whole life. Um, I could never get over 115 pounds uh, in terms of body weight. After doing your program, I've won the Mr. Olympia four times in a row. Now this is crazy shit. That this, is crazy. This is crazy shit. Have you heard of a Mr. Olympia named John? Uh, yeah, I, who? Okay, that's the first one I'm going to have to call bullshit, bro. I don't think I know. I all right, well, I, listen. I uh, knew somebody was lying. About those people, somebody was lying. I knew, yeah, I, I knew somebody was, well, was fibbing a little well, bit Well, listeners, check this out. Uh, Ma- uh, you, go, you go to mindpumpradio.com. Click on the yellow button. We have the MAPS Anabolic Program, the No BS Six Pack Formula. We've got the Nutrition Survival Guide and the, and the Fasting Survival Guide. All of it, you get all of it for $97, or you could break it down into payments, 30-day money-back guarantee. Try it out yourself. See if you win Mr. Olympia. See if your testicles grow. I don't know. Maybe I made those up. Maybe I didn't. It's crazy. It works real well. Click on the yellow button. Check it out. Now that's a fact. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hello. <laughs> He's trying to carry on. So I know it's you. Walk along. Don't listen the train. Here I go again on my own. Going down the only road I've ever known. God. Damn it. Like a drifter, I was bold to walk alone. <laughs> so good. Oh, God. Yeah! Voice of an angel, bro. No, that was a demon. That was a voice of a beautiful, sexy demon I, you wearing know, high-heeled shoes and freaking crazy wings. I love when you bring back songs like that. that we. I love when you bring back songs like that that we used to listen to as kids. Bro, bro. you know what that song's about, right? Uh, snakes. And no, no, it's about jerking sex. off. No, nope, it's about oh. jerking off, bro. He's going off alone. He's gonna uh, do everything on his own. Yes. He's here. We go. Here I go again on my own. It's like he's go, with a girl again. She's not into him, right? <laughs> Where did you get this, bro? This, <laughs> this is not is, about masturbation. Yes, it is, bro. Everything is not about masturbation. This is. I mean, it pretty she much doesn't is. want to hook up with him, so he's like, "Here I go again on my own." Here I go again with my own hands. Exactly. It's a song about jerking <laughs> God, off, dude. Who? Wh- who is yeah. this? Who are we with? Well, what, what are we doing? Welcome to Mind Pump. This is Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Woo-woo. Justin Andrews doing it. Yeah. And it's all. Pretty Produced by Doug Eggie. Oh, Dougie Fresh the Spinner. Doug, Doug, Dougity Doug, 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 Doug. Smells so fresh. You know what it is? So it's my favorite time. Which time is it? Q&A? Q&A. Mm. Q&A. Love me some Q&A. 
Bro, when, when when you I like helping the world. Yeah, but you give me the bedroom eyes when you say that, bro. I know. I just I get hold so that ex- back. Maintain it. Keep I, it to yourself. Oh my god, I love Q and A. I get excited. Oh my god, I love Q and A. You know why? I, I actually, when we first started, this is why. Because when we first started this, before we did Q and As, and we weren't sure how many people were listening. It felt like it was just like us talking to nobody. You know? <laughs> Maybe there's like we have like one fan out there. It's like listening. But now that we have Q and A, hey bro, now that we have Q and A, I know yeah. for sure there is at least like all protein questions. At least thirty or forty people listening to us. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't make me nervous though. I like to pretend like no one's listening. Then I can be myself. Oh, that's yeah. true. I could be my weird. I self. just I just sit here and I picture everybody naked. Oh. Well, well no. everybody listening right now Duh. is sitting on a shitter. That's why you're crossing your legs. To, that's the best time. Yeah. Either either driving in your car or on your shitter are the two best places to listen to a podcast. Yeah. True. For some I don't know what it is. And Sal, maybe you know something with your the brain. phone is a yeah. dirty, dirty yeah, yeah. thing. Do you do you do we actually I mean, I don't know about you guys, but some of my best business ideas have came from when I'm taking a shit. Yeah, yeah like a yeah. really long shit. So is there, is there a science behind this? Yeah, so so what happens is the the there's parts of the brain that control uh, shitting and they become occupied with uh, you know trying to you know defecate and once they're occupied doing that the rest of your brain is allowed to be free, free. and creative oh, and flow like a rush of endorphins that's right yeah. that's right that's why when you get really scared you want to shit yourself because your brain's your brain's like it needs to be open oh my god I just solved everything exactly so the, that there was zero science so in that entire the, thing yeah. <laughs> so some of the best advice we could give to people right now is if you're trying to uh, learn possibly then we, we, are you uh, saying we should like you know move this to the bathroom should we all just answer? oh my god can I tell you something right now if these chairs out. If these chairs were also toilets, do you know how awesome this Man, would be? Man, we'd be productive. It'd be disgusting. No, it wouldn't. Disgusting. I do not want to smell your faces. <laughs> It'd be a competition. Your broccoli already Doug's fucking smells. Already, like, I do I'm not want to smell your shit. You know what? Uh, to stick to, stick it he, to the He's subject. the one that brings the broccoli into the house. He here. is. That's what I said. It's oh, already, yeah, yeah. His broccoli already stinks. Last I'm, trying to, right. I'm just trying to be healthy, bro. I'm sorry. I didn't hey, hear you. speaking of shit, dude, uh, I am guarantee you this has happened to you and any other trainer that's listening. I'm listening. But I was training a client the other day. And uh, they farted. Oh, oh that was, my of course that's happened. Let me tell you something. Leg press, bro. Leg no. press that's, ha- that's happened no, at dude. least 10 times. Crunches for time. Bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Let, me, let me tell you something. If you train anybody long enough, you will eventually hear them fart. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys handle that? Like if someone, if your client just busts ass right in front of you, um, you have to call it out because if you don't, do you it's wait? awkward for both of you. No, you, you know you what? I, just, I straight up, I, I male, female, this I'm like, hey, nice one right there, nice one. <laughs> nice. I tell them, nice. nice. Otherwise, good rep. The rookie, the, the rookie, <laughs> the, the rookie trainer in me used to not say anything and like, oh, and I, used, this was my mentality, like I'm not going to say anything and maybe. If I pretend like I didn't hear it, maybe she. Yeah, but doesn't it, it depend on the decimal? No, right? bro. Like it, how if, I, loud? if I hear it, I'm calling it. Okay. If I if, if I'm obviously you're if, like if, nice one, Susie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it's if it's if it's like a, if it's like a, a, a noise you're not sure of, of course I'm not gonna say anything then. But if I'm sure that was a fart, what do you it, mean you're not sure of? Like, did you shit yourself? Well, you know, you like fart? sometimes your shoes squeak on oh, the ground see, or I something see. like that. And you're like, uh, well, what was that? Or like, like, if you if you hear it and you smell it immediately from your client, you're wearing and track you, pants and you're and it's certain like, of it. <laughs> I'm calling it well, out. See, here's the deal. This is a big problem for me. Oh, it sounds like you can handle it pretty well. I can't because. 
the funniest thing in the world you to me. <laughs> I mean, I swear to God, guys, I'm not making this up. There is nothing funnier to me <laughs> than somebody accidentally farting. Yeah. It's li- uh, I, I, when they're embarrassed. Bro, about it, it's the I, best. oh my God, it's the worst thing. So, is a, so oh. they'll, they'll fart. And it doesn't matter who it is. I don't care who it is. It could be my freaking best friend. Anyway, it's, yeah. And I'll sit there <laughs> and I'll be like, you know, you remember when you were in school yeah. and you were like in, you know, fifth grade and your buddy would try and make you laugh and the teacher's like, don't laugh. And you're like, <laughs> that's me as a trainer now yeah. when they fart I'm yeah. like yeah. I'll be right back and I'll go in the bathroom and just laugh my ass off for 10 <laughs> minutes and come back it's the worst thing ever but anyway everybody does it so. hey it's a thing man yeah. yeah sometimes I'll be like turbo that's turbo I'll, yeah I'll just say turbo, turbo. yeah I'll say oh, okay. turbo I don't know yeah boosters alright guys you ready for the first uh, question yeah can we actually start this podcast alright right, this is coming <clears throat> this is coming from games and games, games like, and like, games. I like that name. Games, games and, and games. games. Give me some games. Give me some motherfucking uh, games and games. <laughs> bro. Sorry, I'm on a roll. Dude, you are on one tonight, bro. <laughs> you know what? We Whatever need to, he has, I want. Uh, Give just, me, I'll take two of those. I, I feel like I took some laughing gas. We need to, we need to stop him from doing that because they're gonna steal him from us, Adam. Yeah, some recording yeah. executives and be like, we need to hire that talent. Know, that yeah, because voice record. Yeah, yeah, albums are doing real well these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Mister Games and Gains is asking us about creatine loading, cycling, and the optimum time to take it. Okay, so let's uh, let's start with the science. Um, so it's not like steroid cycles. Yeah. So let's start with the science. First and foremost, creatine loading is a fantastic example. Can we talk about what it is first and where it's actually, there's stuff, it's derived from food too. So it's- Yeah, so cre- uh, creatine, um, your body utilizes it to create uh, adenosine triphosphate, ATP. It's a type of muscle energy. The more ATP you have, the stronger you are. And the more ATP you have, the more water your muscles hold. Mm-hmm. So they become fuller, more volumized, and they're stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's more to that. Creatine does a few other things. It also lowers myostatin. Uh, myostatin is a very potent regulator of muscle growth. If you block myostatin, you build muscles. Matter of fact, myostatin uh, inhibition is so powerful. If you were to compare it to anabolic steroids, there is no comparison. Myost- well, let's let's go way back to like you know one of our first podcasts. We talk about the dog. Oh, if you guys Google it, Google like the myostatin pit bull. Yeah, no, no, it's not even a pit bull. It's, it's, not a, pit bull? it's a whippet. Oh, whippet. But it looks like the yoked. Hulk. Yeah. If you just Google myostatin um, inhibition, uh, you'll see pictures of animals and stuff that they've done tests on. It I'm, makes steroids look like vitamins. Right. Uh, it's know? what most people think. So everyone's seen this picture the, of either the dog or the cow or the bull that has been that this has been done to. Most people think it's been shot with a bunch of steroids to look like that. It's no, not it's steroids. Yeah. yeah. No, actually, the bull is animals get shot with steroids all the time. They don't look like that. No, and the bull, the bull for uh, just for the record, is not. They didn't do anything to its myostatin. It was bred that way. It's called a Belgium blue bull, and they're bred to be extremely muscular. And then when scientists discovered um, myostatin, they went and studied this bull and they said, oh, this bull doesn't have much myostatin. Uh-huh. So that's why it's so freaking muscular. Creatine lowers that. So so the whole loading th- concept, when creatine first came out back in the 90s, I remember it was such a big deal. Right? Cell tech days. Yeah, it was the first. No, before that, it was EAS, phosphagen. Yeah, EAS. Uh, phosphagen was the first Phosphagen and phosphagen HP, I believe, were right around the same time as cell tech, bro. No, cell tech came after, dude. It t- wasn't I'm, much laughter. Then I took them both. I remember hmm. fucking EAS, and I remember and I remember cell muscle tech. Yeah, it was I mean, pretty close. It was, but fo- it was first. It was phosphagen. There was no. Yeah. There was no, uh, you know, carbs added to it. 
Then they discovered if you spike your insulin levels, you get more creatine in your muscles. So then they just threw in a shitload of uh, which dex- was, dextrose. Which, which was phosphagen HP, right? Yeah, ph- phosphagen yeah. HP and... and uh, Make it just a little less... Celtech, which chalky. had like 70 grams of like ridiculous glucose sugar in it. Yes, it was awesome. You drink it and it was like... It was like powerful fruit punch, and it made you fruit nauseous. Punch or it's like it was like slamming some creatine with a bag of Skittles at the same time. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> on sand. Exactly, so great. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, loading back in the day, they would tell you you have to take twenty grams of creatine a day for seven days to load it into your muscles, and then afterwards take a maintenance dose of five grams a day. That's right. a crock. Yeah, it is one hundred percent marketing bullshit. It was a way for them to have you use Get more supplements. The product man. Yeah. Buy some more. No need to load. You could just start taking it. And you don't need five grams a day. Some people just need maybe one or two grams. Five grams is just this arbitrary number. If you're a bigger guy like you know, like me or, or Justin or yeah. Adam, five grams primarily is probably good. Primarily me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> primarily like Justin. Yeah. Um, do you need to cycle creatine? I guess theoretically, if you take creatine, your body will synthesize less of its own creatine, although I have yet to see any studies on this. Mm. I personally have been taking creatine Pretty much nonstop. Like forever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much nonstop till yeah. I was like six until I was like sixteen. Well, when you think about it, you take doses of like five to ten milligrams, five to ten grams, right? Is what you take. I take uh, between. I take between two to five grams, and okay. I take it five days a week. Okay, so two to five grams. Uh, they say what you you can find up to what three grams found in a, a steak, right? In a big piece of steak, I think a pound yeah. of, a pound of steak. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you so I mean take so taking five grams yeah. like that is is probably not a big deal whatsoever. No. I imagine if you were taking. 40, 20 to 40 grams of creatine a day, you probably should probably cycle off. Well, well, here, well, well, here's what, here's, that was an evil laugh. Uh, <laughs> well, here's what happens too with creatine, by the way, for you listeners. If you take creatine five grams a day and then you go get a physical, you may find elevated creatinine levels in your blood. Uh, creatinine is a byproduct of muscle uh, damage and organ, certain organ damage and, uh, uh, it, it shows you if your kidneys are not functioning properly. Don't freak out. It doesn't mean your kidneys are not functioning properly. It means that you're you're taking creatine and some of it is going to get converted to creatinine. So taking creatine does elevate creatinine levels in the blood um, and alongside the fact that if you have more muscle to begin with, you're going to have higher levels of creatinine. So when I get mine tested, I'm always at the upper you know the upper limit of the the high range sometimes even slightly outside of it but i'm always there i've been there every every physical i've ever gotten um and i've done further testing and, and you'll find that in, in a lot of athletes with a lot of muscle mm. um anyway anyhow loading uh waste of time just yeah. take five grams a day um cycling you can cycle on and off if you want there's no science supporting either way i personally don't take it every day i take it about five days a week um optimum time to take it Studies don't really show a huge difference, but uh, there I, I, it does lower myostatin within an hour or so of taking it. So I like to take it pre-workout. Well, yeah. It will also if yeah, it's it, it if it's replenishing your ATP, uh, and your ATP and ADP molecules are paired together to create energy in your body. Uh, I would imagine that taking it pre-workout to help that that process speed up wouldn't that be or does it not matter if it's pre- prevalent in your body at an increased rate it's going to increase, yeah is that I, how that works yeah because I think you you reach a certain saturation rate rate in muscles okay. and then every time you take it you're just kind of maintaining that so it's not like caffeine where you take it and you get the instant effects however taking it does lower myostatin within an hour or two so that's why I would say take it before if you but I don't think it really makes a big difference you probably just take it in the morning. And you'd be fine. Here's an interesting thing on creatine I learned the other day. Creatine is considered a nootropic. 
Oh, really? Uh-huh. It is being so studied got- right now because it, sh- it people. If you take creatine, you do get improved cognitive function, mm. especially if you're fatigued, um, if you're calorie deficit, or if you're older. So they're now studying giving peop- uh, the elderly creatine. Well, mm-hmm. it doesn't it also uh, volumize your cells. Yes, it does volumize uh, muscle uh, cells that run off of ATP, but in, in particular muscle cells. So I used to use utilize creatine like this, and I still do when I like when I'm cutting. So right now, like when I'm completely flat and depleted, like part of it is uh, is the mental game. So I'm I'm carb depleted. So when I go into some of these workouts, I don't feel good. And by uh, what I mean by I don't feel good, it's not like I don't I feel like oh it's like I'm sick. I just I don't I feel flat. So it's hard that my pump isn't as great when I'm loaded with carbs. So I actually will take creatine and in hopes that it's going to volumize my cells and then I'm going to load it up, load those cells up with a ton of water. Now it's all temporary and it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily build any muscle, but that temporary pump that I get from that uh, is uh, offsets it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a nice little mental game that I play with myself when I. Um, when I lift, so I don't know if that's a strategy. Well, there's there's also there's also some science that shows that creatine accelerates fat loss, um, and it could be through some indirect action, but it does. And it's got antioxidant properties, in particular for the heart. Mm. So, in other words, we're all pro it. Well, I'd say if you look at the science, because there's some people that will argue against creatine still to this day, but it's been around for a long time, and it's. Probably the most studied ergogenic supplement out there. I mean, there's oh, for sure hundreds and hundreds of studies on it, and they're almost. I think they're all positive. There's really no negatives. Um, there is this rare um, uh, situation that you could get something called mu- uh, compartment syndrome in muscle, where the muscle expands um, and, and it, but it, it's being inhibited by its fascia, so you get this really tight, painful feeling, and the only way to alleviate it is to cut the fascia. It's extremely rare, but they've did they have tied that to creatine. Yeah, it sounds painful. Uh, so, but yeah, loading, cycling, uh, you can cycle it if you want or not. There's no science supporting either way. Loading, waste of time. Optimum time to take it probably pre workout, but maybe not. Next question. Uh, this is a good one. This is a good question. Uh, yeah, I like this one. So this is from Jush J Triple O S H dot Adams. His question is, how do we think of the philosophy of, you know, determination or basically, um, you know, predestiny? Well, I saw this. This is a good question. Yeah. So what he's asking is, you know, how do we how do we feel about the philosophy that, you know, what's going to happen in your life, your success, everything that happens to you is predetermined that it's going to happen no matter, you know, everything, all of your actions, fate. Yeah, yeah, fate. So basically, that's the determiner versus like. So then, the question is, do we really have free will? Right. right? Okay. So like, based off of what parameters do uh, all the the factors, the variables that make me up as a human being? Uh, you know, on top of that, my environment. On top of that, my decisions that I make. All these things. Like everything is fate. Everything is fate. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys already, feel about that? It has that? a timeline. I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, I I'll try and, and answer this without getting too uh, religious sounding. So what's neat is we all have kind of different views, uh, religiously or non-religiously. In Sal's case, um, and I I happen to be a believer, so I believe that there there is a greater being. There's a, a greater I'm a, believer. A, a greater power. Uh, so there is there is a part of me that believes that uh, there there is a little bit of fate and destiny. But I also do believe. Um, that we have free will. So 
I, I, I believe that there there's certain things that we are just destined to do. And I'll, I'll just use an example. Like since I was a kid, I have felt um, I have just always felt this calling to lead. Uh, to lead what? I don't know. To what What, what will that end up being? What will it be for a short period of my life? Is it just for one moment? Who knows? But I've always had that that calling or that that feeling for that. Now, I also believe that I have the decision to actively pursue that or sit on my ass like a shit butt and do nothing. So, <laughs> like a what? Uh, and, and this is, and I, and I don't want to get, and, and I said I don't want to get too, too religious, but this is, this is kind of a sensitive subject for me because... Um, growing up in a home where uh, we were we were very religious and um, you know and I I was taught that you know to have faith and I do have faith I have faith uh, that uh, you know that things things are going to happen a certain way and I believe that and but I also believe that I control a lot of my destiny so it was really conflicting for me growing up because. You know, a lot of times I would sit and I, my parents would tell me, oh, you know, well, it's going to work itself out. It'll work out. Just have faith, have faith. And, you know, things didn't always work out the way I thought they were going to work out. And that really was hard for me as a kid to to handle that. And it, and it actually drove me away um, from religion, from Christianity, from things like that as a, as a kid, because I thought, well, this I can't I don't I can't imagine why a God would want us to. Uh, you know, just wait, wait for everything to happen or just believe it's going to happen or whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And, and, you know, the more I started to uh, to read and dive in and stuff like that, I learned that this isn't necessarily the case just because my parents or my family, they, they took it this way. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that that's exactly how he intended or whoever intended this to be. And in fact, you know, there's there's passages in the Bible and things like that that talk about that you know we we have free will and we and work without or faith without work is dead. So the fact that we don't do anything about it uh, to me means that you know that doesn't mean that you were just pre, doesn't mean that we're not predestined. I think we're predestined for certain things, but I also think that we have to actively make those decisions to pursue those. And um, so that's that's kind of my take on it. Without, uh, like I said, I try try not to get too too religious on everybody and stuff like that. But I, I definitely think that uh, there is a part that's predetermined. But I also think at a certain time we can't. You you have to do something about that. Well, I, if, as for for me, there's a few things. First and foremost, you just reminded me of a joke. So this guy's praying to God, and he's like, uh, "Please, God, I need to win the lottery." And nothing happens, and he keeps praying. I need to win the lottery. I need to please God help me win the lottery. Finally, God talks to him. He's like, "Listen, you need to buy a lottery ticket first. <laughs> so you just reminded me of that, right? By what you were saying. Um, okay, so here's what science. That's here's great, what, yeah, great joke though. That's a good so, joke. so this question about are things predetermined or are are we creating them ourselves is one of the most fundamental questions in science. It is absolutely. It's one of those things, you know, what is time? Uh, science will tell us that time does not work um, linearly like we experience it, right? We experience past, present, future. Right. Science it's actually... continues loop. Well, science actually shows that it's all happening at the same time. Like past, present, and future is all happening now. And we're just uh, experiencing it in a way that our perceives it uh, to happen as past, present, future. So in that sense, everything is already happened. And it, so it is kind of like fate. It's already happened. Here's my take on it. Now, I'm not. I'm not. You're right. I'm not religious. Um, I'm not atheist either, but I'm not religious. Um, 
but I, 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 I think saying that nothing exists is as ridiculous as saying definitely I know what exists because nobody knows, right? Um, but I definitely think what we see and what you know what's around us is you know just based off of perception and and is it, there's much more to meets the eye and we know this already through scientific study. As far as whether or not things are predetermined or not, the way I approach it is this: it doesn't fucking matter. Like I don't care if it's predetermined or if I determine it. Because here's the bottom line: let's just let's just for argument's sake say everything's predetermined. Okay, no matter what you do, you have a, a fate. If your 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 fate is to be a leader, your fate is to be president of the United States, your fate is to be whatever. You know, no matter what, that's where you're going to end up. Um, uh, or or your fate is to be in prison or whatever. Your attitude along the way is gonna is gonna make you either enjoy it or not. Oh, great point. So I don't I don't give a shit if my fate is to do something. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe that I control it. Whether I really do or not doesn't matter because if I feel like I'm in control, then I'm gonna be happier. I'm gonna live better and I'm gonna enjoy the process more than sitting down saying, "Oh shit, you know, I'm I'm not in control of anything that's happening right now." Of course, there's there's a voice inside of me that tells me that I'm meant for certain things, and that drives me. Is that a trick that my mind plays on me? Is that my own way of, um, you know, uh, making sense of things? Is this something I tell myself, and then I try to convince myself that it's my fate? I don't give a shit. Uh, the bottom line is, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe that I control my destiny, and that it's not predetermined. And whether it is or not, doesn't matter to me. That's that's where I'm at with okay. it. So where you at, yeah. Jay? Well, I well, I'm kind of like in between both you guys. <laughs> so it makes us so great here. That's the way we like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the penis between us. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he did but say I, that. I Doug. tried to lighten this up a little yeah, bit. Well, I <laughs> yeah, no, for me, I, I, uh, I kind of grew up with with a little bit more of a, a structured i ideology i guess i would say of like how i perceive the world and my role in it um but then again i was always a very very deep thinker and i always wondered the why the what the how the when and 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 what and what you know and so for me it's all all, always been about purpose and uh so for me like a lot of predestiny like i feel like maybe there's Maybe there is something that's implanted within, say, say it's DNA. Say it's something that's like a genetic code that is passed on, you know, from uh, previous family members or, you know, you're, you're sort of building off of experiences. Uh, but for me, it's always going to amount to purpose. So, you know, what my purpose is um, while I'm living and, and the story that I'm creating. And, uh, you know, the, the, the people I run into and the, the choices I make. And so my, my view towards that is that, yes, there, I, I do feel that there's, there's greater purpose from a greater, uh, you know, being, or, you know, there's something there, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not as clearly defined as it used to be for me, but at the same time, like, I don't feel like, uh, I don't know. This is pretty heavy, but like. <laughs> it's okay, bro. Yeah, it just that's it, why that'd be a great topic, man. I thought it's to, it, it's hard to do it and not get too, uh, you know, it, esoteric, it, at least, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it, I just feel I feel like um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of meaning in life that people take for granted, and I feel like people don't don't think about it. Like people just think about their jobs, and people just think about. Um, 
what's right in front of them. And, and I, I've run into like different types of minds, you know, in my experience. And one of them is, is it's like me where they're like, wow, you know, what, what the hell am I doing? Let me just stop here for a second and think about, you know, the universe. Or let me think about how all these things connect. And, uh, you know, like that's how my, my brain is constantly moving. And then there's the other type of mind that is like, I have this, you know, set of things in front of me and I need to conquer this and I need to, you know, be very practical about how I uh, plan my uh, daily activities and everything else. And uh, I don't identify with that at all. So for me, it's like, um, you know, my, my, my purpose, it, it, it's not predetermined because I'm changing it constantly. And I feel like oh, yeah. free, free will is really is the definition of that. Like if you're, if you're going to say I have free will, then that means that my decisions, it's cause and effect. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's where I stand. <laughs> well, that I, makes any sense. No, it makes total sense. And it also makes sense why the three of us or the four of us are all together here because um, although we all kind of have different maybe views, uh, you know, or ideologies or beliefs on a higher being or not or whatever or how we were raised which we all can agree that that has some sort of influence on who we are today 100 percent um one thing i think we all do agree is that i i do do believe that in one way or another we all agree that we have some control but otherwise we all wouldn't be sitting in this fucking room together right now because this most certainly wasn't planned you know this wasn't something that uh I felt was predetermined either. It was something that we actively had to make the decision to do. And it, a lot of that involved risk and, and stopping other things that we were doing and making that happen. And it could easily not happen too. And it's also so, about being receptive, right? So if you're, if you're receptive to change and you know, thing like things come across your pathway and you're able to adapt mm-hmm. to that, to that change, that new stimulus, then you're going to have a whole new experience. And, uh, you know, some people, they just can't, they can't deal with that. And they want to stay within this confinement, you know, of what defines them. And I feel like once, once you kind of cross that barrier, it becomes like, it's less, it's less black and white, you know, like I don't live in a black and white box, you know, things keep coming in that I'm like, whoa, what, what about this? You know, why, 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 why do things do this? And, you know, answers, answers vary. Well, you know, if you take if you take people and who are faced with a challenge, uh, you know, let's say someone tries to start a business and it fails, but they're the kind of person that believes that they are in control of their destiny. That person is more likely to look at what they did that maybe was the cause of their failure and is is looking and say, okay, I, I'm in control of this. I'm going to try again. Yeah. And so that's why I choose to accept that philosophy. And you have to believe it. And like I said, it doesn't matter because there's... Look, I, I, don't, I don't care who you are. Sure, you can be religious and believe whatever you want. Nobody can prove if something's supposed to happen or if you made it happen. There is no, there is no way to prove that. So I, I personally believe if you choose to believe that you're the one in control, you're more likely to keep swinging the bat every time you miss because life is about missing. It's actually... Life is much more about missing... And trying again than it is about hitting a home run, because oh. you don't hit very many home runs in your life, but you're going to miss a whole shitload of pitches coming your way. Well, I think that's a great analogy because, <clears throat> I mean, and going back to what we do right now is, uh, 
how many times have you heard, and I've heard people in my life that are like this, where, like you said, you know, they attempt something, whether it be a new career path, whether it be an entrepreneur, it doesn't even have to be an entrepreneur, it could be working for another company, a new job, a new relationship, whatever it is, and then they fail at it, and then their answer to that after they fail at it is like, oh, that wasn't meant to be. Oh, it wasn't meant to be or was it? Right. They're not Which, taking responsibility. That's never my attitude. doesn't matter what. It, it could be a relationship. It could be a job. It could be a, something that I'm building. It could be anything. But if something fails or something doesn't work out, right. I never say, oh, it wasn't meant to be. Or oh, I say, fuck, what did I do wrong? Yeah, what right. could have what could have I done better to have made this have worked? Regardless if that's the path I want to choose. Like so if we were taking the analogy of a relationship, so maybe, you know, at the end of that, that relationship I said, like, okay, that wasn't maybe it wasn't the right person for me, but what could I have I done to have made that relationship work better? Or know? or what could you have done to choose somebody different? Oh, exactly. And it's um it's an important taking that that philosophy requires a lot of responsibility. It is not easy for someone to sit there and say, all the shitty things in my life are because of me. Um, and I don't mean like shit that happens to you that you have no control over, but the way you react over what happens to you, you do have control over. So, you know, it takes a lot of responsibility. Look, uh, you know, we work in the fitness industry. I mean, how many times do we have clients or people that come in that are overweight that blame everything but themselves? Right, it's everybody else's fault. It's my genetics fault. It's a, uh, it's a uh, fast food company's fault. Right. It's my work, big, my bone. work, my kids, my wife, my time. Right, and everybody so, but myself. Right, it takes a lot of responsibility. It takes a lot of empowerment to sit down and sit and look in the mirror and say, "You are sixty pounds overweight because you choose to be sixty pounds overweight." Yep. And it's it's hard to say that to yourself, but once you do, I'm telling you right now, once you accept that responsibility. You are now empowered to make that change. If you do not accept that responsibility, you can't change shit because you never gave yourself the power to change it to begin with. So you have to accept it yourself. You have to look in the mirror and say, the reason why I'm not successful is because I choose to not be successful. You cannot say, the reason I'm not successful is because so-and-so got rid of me or, so, or the, the economy didn't work or whatever, because then you don't have the power. The only way to empower yourself is to ex- accept that responsibility. And so, in a nutshell, I would say that's my my philosophy mm-hmm. on this. So, I agree. With should that. we move on to the next question? Yeah, it's getting way too heavy. All right, <laughs> Ooh. heavy metal. <laughs> Damn, uh, good, a great question though. I mean, I, I why I like that. I thought that. I mean, I love to see Justin pucker up a little bit, and Sal <laughs> Sal be careful about what he says. Uh, I think it's great to challenge uh, challenge us. It is a challenge, very very, very much so. I mean that. There, and I think it's it's uh, it's extra challenging for guys like us because you know we're being broadcasted to you know freaking tens of thousands of people that are listening and it's like uh, you know it's important that you I, I don't want to come off the wrong way on, on this either like where you don't understand how I truly feel so it's that's a that's a tough one to to make sure you fully get me in in five five minutes I know I know it's you know, a lot longer conversation it is that's a, that's a that's a deep heavy you want to talk and, to me more about it you know we'll, we'll talk yeah but not it, on it is. I, I, I thought you guys did great. I thought everyone yeah. answered that pretty well. And, and I, I do want to say, you know, we, we brought up the religious thing. I, I do want to be clear that I respect uh, anybody and everybody's uh, beliefs so long as they treat other people uh, well. I don't care if you're atheist, uh, Christian, Jewish, uh, Muslim. If you treat people like shit, I don't like you. Yeah, don't be an asshole about yeah, it. But if you, you can believe, I don't care, you can believe in the whatever you want. You can believe that the cookie monster is, is God um, as long as you treat people nicely. Um, then you're cool. I'm cool with you, and you're cool with me. It's all good. Um, so let's see. Next question. This Cookies. is from. This is actually my sister. My youngest sister is asking this question. A Halloween cat. That's her 
Instagram name. Her actual, her real name is uh, Katarina. And her question is, what are some natural solutions for depression and anxiety? And and my sister's asking this because um, anxiety in particular runs in my family, especially my mom's side of the family. Um, You know, heart palpitations and anxiety, Mm. uh, you know, attacks and stuff like that tend to run in our family. So... Would you say like cardio would be a good answer to that? Exercise in general. Yeah, exercise in general. Yeah, exercise yeah. in general has been shown to be quite potent for both depression and anxiety. As a matter of fact, in just speaking in depression terms, and by the way, depression and anxiety a lot of times go hand in hand. One might cause the other and vice versa. Uh-huh. You know, If you have lots of anxiety, you tend to get depressed. And if you're really depressed, you tend to be anxious about it. Um, but they tested exercise head to head with some of the most popular um, SSRI uh, drugs, uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitor drugs like Prozac and and whatnot, and they found that the um, in a head-to-head comparison, the SSRIs are more effective in the short term. In the medium term, exercise is as effective. In the long term, exercise is more effective. Mm-hmm. So. You know, whereas taking an SSRI might... It'll lose its potency after yeah, its initial... You'll hear people have to change depression drugs and whatnot. And I think it has something to do with, uh, you know, receptors, you know, getting downregulated in the brain and uh-huh. and whatnot. And, and to be honest with you, we really don't know 100% of how these drugs really work. Um, but exercise, for sure, statistically speaking, is as effective in the medium term and in the long term is more effective. And I would say this. I'm not a doctor... But if you have really bad depression, I'm not saying don't take, um, you know, meds. If your doctor recommends you take them, do it. I also, however, recommend you start exercise um, and moderate. Don't go crazy with it because extreme exercise, overtraining can actually cause depression. Hmm. So moderate activity. And over time, you may find that you need less and less of that uh, that depression drug. So um, as far as uh, substance, uh, you know, diet, um, do not eat sugar. Uh, sugar can trigger anxiety and depression in people, the ups and downs. Um, uh, carp- Man, so many things about sugar that are just not good for your body. Well, I mean, look, how many times have you guys like ate a shitload of sugar and then felt all of a sudden kind of down yeah. afterwards? Yeah, there's a big crash. Yeah. Well, you, I think you've talked about this before about uh, how we concentrate sugar, like... You know, if you were yeah, to, if yeah. you if You're we if we were to eat sugar in the way the way it was from sugar cane, yeah, and sugar cane the way it was grown in nature, you yeah. know, and, and like you know, it looks what well, you guys don't know, yeah, it's like, like a whole tree, looks like bamboo, you know what I'm saying? And it's like you'd have to eat like eight you eight feet of 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 sugar cane to be equivalent to one soda can. So it's like where where we're killing ourselves with sugar is that and same thing goes with fruit you could probably eat a ton of fruit and be okay with the sugar that you're getting from there that's getting canceled out by all the great fiber but it's that we it's all the shit that all the food and all the stuff that we eat in packaged wrappers that's got all this ridiculous amount of concentrated sugar that's like well carbohydrates in general um cause uh, or responsible for some development of uh, serotonin so some people go on a lower carbohydrate diet and it kind of stabilizes them other people that'll actually cause depression so it depends on the individual however sugar definitely can cause depletion of serotonin so i would say stay away from sugar and processed foods um you want to eat uh foods that are high in healthy fatty acids omega-3 fatty acids in particular have been shown to alleviate depression so like fish fish yeah um grass-fed beef um, will have higher levels of healthy fatty acids than um grain-fed beef 
Um, and then natural solutions, you can do um, uh, magnesium. Sometimes you're magnesium de- deficient. That'll cause anxiety. Uh, chamomile. Chamomile is so underrated mm. as something that helps with anxiety. It's so mild. And it's so mild that in Europe, they, pers- they, they parents will give it to their infants to help mm. them with colic. And this is typically a tea, right? Tea, chamomile yeah. tea. You can drink it every single night. And it's actually good for you. And it, over time, it has an, really potent, all day long, anti-anxiety properties. Is it, is it like an antioxidant as well? It's it's, yeah. it's an antioxidant. It's got immune boosting properties. Uh-huh. It's just good for you. Yeah. Um, unless you're allergic to uh, the you know the chamomile flower, you know I'd say drink chamomile every night. I I, get, I tend to get if I get a lot of stress, I'm not I don't um, acknowledge stress. So if I'm stressed out, I hardly can tell. Usually, yeah. it makes me focus. And if I get really stressed out, I get kind of manic. I get lots of energy and I'm, I get hyper. Then you blow up. Like, no, no. What oh, happens? That's just me. You say, that's that's funny because you get like that. I get kind of more quiet and more like focused. I get super focused, super I, hyper. I get super focused, but I get I'm, I'm quiet. My girl can always tell because I'm just like I'm not talking. I'm in like you know I'm trying to what it's, to me when I'm I'm stressed out or whatever the may case because just like you I don't I don't accept it in my life. like I don't allow myself to get yeah I never technically stressed exactly I don't never acknowledge it as saying I'm stressed. But then what I notice is I'll get uh, heart palpitations hmm. and. I've learned now over time that heart palpitations for me are my body's sign of stress. Yeah. yeah, and chamomile is like a cure for me. If I drink that like two, three, four nights in a row, I don't get them anymore. Nice. So it's really effective for me. There's also so there's some other herbs you can take them at night that'll help you sleep with, uh, but they are anti-anxiety. Valerian root is one of them. Kava, uh, kava tea will give you kind of this. Um, what about marijuana? Marijuana is a double-edged sword with anxiety, statistically speaking. For some people, because right, it could it could enhance the anxiety if you're prone to anxiety. Right? For, well, it depends. Some that's people the, that's, get that's super the, relaxed with it. I thought that's the THC, the CBD. Oh, yeah, the, the THC the, version. The CB, is what I, heard. I thought the CBD is. You know what's funny? They're they're doing. They need more studies on this because you'll hear people. You know this, Adam. Someone will say, "Oh, I can't have that strain. It gives me anxiety." And someone else will say, "Oh, I love that strain. It makes me relaxed." And it's the same strain. Yeah. Okay. So, so this it's, is where our biochemical, you know, diversity comes well, into effect. Well, we've identified I don't know how many cannabinoids in them, but we only know like twenty really well. There's hundreds something. Then there's terpenes and other things in in the cannabis plant that we don't quite know how they react. You know, they they act within the body. So some strains you'll use and you'll get energized. Some you'll use and you'll get sleepy. Some will give you psychedelic, make you feel kind of psychedelic and creative. Others will make you feel kind of numb and. You know, uh, you know, dumb almost or stoned, um, and then from one person to another. Look, there's there's a strain called White Widow that I cannot I cannot touch anything with the name White in it. Anything crossed with White Widow, I can't have. It's like instant paranoia and anxiety for me. It's the most You're racist. It's no, yeah, it's the worst thing in the world for me. I cannot handle White Widow. Actually, actually, I got a little story. I I had some White Widow. I was up in Tahoe with my uh, with my cousins, and I had some White Widow strain. And we were in like a, it was like a, a townhouse kind of up in Tahoe. So we're sharing a wall with some other people. And they must have got up early. It was like 5 a.m. I think. And they're walking around. And I, it sounded to me <laughs> like there were people on the roof. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck. Because, you know, Nevada's got different marijuana laws or whatever. I'm like, oh, fuck. They're coming oh, to the <laughs> feds, bro. Yeah. So I'm like, we got to flush all the weed, right? <laughs> so then I look out the window. And there's, oh, um, so I'm like, we got to flush it, right? But I'm so paranoid. So I, oh, I look through that, I peer through the blinds, like a freaking crackhead, right? I'm peering, peering through the blinds. And there's this, um, 
like sewer company or whatever working on the sewer system. I'm like, oh fuck, it's the FBI. They trapped the sewers. <laughs> we can't flush it. You know? <laughs> They're tapping the lines. Bro. Can you believe that shit off of freaking cannabis? Yeah. So I will never touch that strain again. Yeah. So double edged sword. Uh how we do on time, Doug? Forty-two. Time for one. Oh, one oh more. yeah. Oh, I think this is from our boy, our boy Cap. Yeah, Kaplan. Nostra, Nostra Kaplan. Nostra Kaplan. So this is a question about Caitlyn Jenner, formerly known as Bruce Jenner. Ah. So if Caitlyn Jenner was our new client, what is the first exercise we would do with her? Uh, just kegels. kegels. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. For more information about this show and to get valuable free resources from Sal, Adam, and Justin, visit us at www.mindpumpradio.com. Until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>